and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Cantor, and I am the editor in chief of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, where we are in the midst of unpacking our 17th annual year in review survey. In celebration of a new decade in biometrics, we are interviewing identity industry leaders on ID Talk, discussing major milestones, trends, and topics from biometrics and identity throughout the past 10 years. That's why on this latest episode of ID Talk, I am pleased to welcome Matt Thompson, Senior Vice President, Civil Identity for North America at IDEMIA. Thompson and I talk about how attitudes towards identity have changed over the past 10 years, paving the way for IDEMIA's mobile identity technology. We go on to talk in-depth about the functionality of the mobile ID and its successful deployments, as well as what the future will look like once the problem of converged identity is solved. We conclude with some talk of the Fine Biometrics Year in Review findings, speculating what markets might begin to play a bigger role on the evolution of identity technology as we move ahead. I had a great time recording this interview, and I know you'll love hearing it. So without further ado, here is Idemia's Matt Thompson on the ID Talk podcast. I'm joined today by Matt Thompson, Senior Vice President, Civil Identity for North America at Idemia. Matt, Thank you for joining me on the ID Talk podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on with you, Peter. Thank you. So I'd like to start on the topic of the past decade in identity. The 2010s were transformative in terms of the public perception around biometrics, thanks to fingerprint and face scanning on consumer mobile devices. But biometrics were only a part of a larger story about identity and mobility. And my question is, how have users' relationships to their digital identities changed over the past 10 years? Wow. <laughs> I know, it's a big one. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big question. And, uh, you know, the 2010s and this whole past decade um, has been really transformational um, because of a number of things I'm, I'm, I'd love to get into and excited about. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of uh, big movements um, in identity over the past decade, um, thanks to things like you referenced with kind of the consumerization of biometrics, mm -hmm. um, again, with, you know, touch ID and face ID and things like that, making it more of a natural experience for consumers to use their biometrics, primarily in those cases to authenticate themselves. Um, but also with, you know, the increasing capabilities on the mobile platforms, whether it's iOS or Android, Samsung, et cetera, um, to be able to allow you to do more with your identity um, and for businesses to be able to have more confidence in the digital identity because of the uh, increased capabilities around the cameras that enabled for better um, image capture when you wanted to do a selfie um, or just the, um, you know, pushing your identity onto your device, uh, which is really a computer in your pocket or on your in your hand that you can use a lot of the security features um, to be able to leverage that when you're when you're trying to prove who you are. And then one of the most exciting things that we got in right before the end of the decade in um, October of 2019 was launching the first mobile driver's license that is compliant with the international standards for mobile driver's license, which uh, Idemia did with the uh, state of Oklahoma. And, um, and that kind of culminates a lot of the evolution around kind of the mobile capabilities related to identity. Um, but also, you know, there, there was a lot of increasing focus on um, how identity was moving more towards the edge, as well as 
a focus on consumer identity access management, where prior decades, a lot of the focus was more on enterprise. Now with the digitization of everything, organizations have been working um, to create better identity experiences than what was traditionally provided to you know, the, the, the traditional IAM platforms or employee or enterprise identity access management, taking it to the consumer with much higher consumer expectations uh, really changed the game in terms of user experience, which became a much higher priority uh, for organizations that are building identity solutions. And, you know, kind of moving off of that a little bit, uh, one of the bigger trends of the last half of the decade was uh, this running spate of data breaches. And um, so in addition to that user experience, uh, do you also find a a larger demand just in order to try and solve this this growing problem with fraud and uh, hacking? That's a great point. Again, what's changed in identity over the last decade, we could spend hours talking through that. Um, I I focused obviously more on the consumerization of biometrics as well as um, as well as some of the stuff that was happening on mobile device, but absolutely, I mean, organizations broadly that have been relying on traditional, what I'd call traditional identity verification methods have, you know, because of the mass data breaches that have occurred over the past 10 years, you know, they've had to look for new and better solutions because a lot of the traditional methods are now compromised because of these mass breaches and, you know, exposures of, of, PII that organizations are looking for new and better ways to establish kind of the root of trust with someone's identity because things like the traditional knowledge-based authentication questions are not as trusted anymore. So mobile driver's license and ID is a really ambitious initiative and Idemia is really actually making it happen, which is extremely exciting. You're in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like, as you mentioned, there's a a lot of standards that uh, you have to adhere to. But I know that Idemia is also working to create those standards because this really is a frontier of of identity uh, as we move into the next decade. You mentioned Oklahoma, and I know you've undergone a few other pilots as well uh, across a variety of those cases. What have you learned from these pilots? Yeah, and so I, I wouldn't actually, uh, we did pilots, um, but with Oklahoma, it's a general availability. Any, any uh, Oklahoma resident um, can get an Oklahoma mobile ID, and, and that's true for the other two states that we launched mobile IDs with in 2019 as well, Arizona and Alabama. And um, yeah, so tremendous uh, lessons learned, and one is just how critical uh, designing identity solutions that consumers will love and use is, is such a high priority. So, we, you know, it goes back to the evolution in identity over the dec- last decade of from enterprise to more consumerization of identity access management tools. We've looked at designing these identity experiences in the mobile ID for these states to be ones that customers will um, intuitively understand, um, you know, and, and we can easily walk them through the process. And then, you know, now that they have a digital complement and eventually replacement for their physical driver's license, how do I now engage and interact with this new digital identity that is going to become my de facto ID for in-person 
proofing as well as for proving who I am online. And so, you know, designing for the consumer, extensive focus on that. Um, and we got a lot of lessons on through that. The other piece is, is um, you know, the acceptance side and, and doing things to make it easier for businesses to accept these new mobile IDs. Again, that will will be a complement and eventually a replacement to the physical driver's license. But building out and, and educating the businesses and government agencies that need to accept these so that people have places to use them. Tons of lessons learned about how to make it easy for them to um, accept them and uh, and understand how to, uh, to to use and leverage kind of this new generation of, of ID capabilities that we're coming out with. Mobile Connected Life demands a revolution in ID, and Idemia is leading the charge. The Idemia Mobile ID is a digital credential based on your driver's license that lives in a fully integrated mobile app on your phone. The credential conforms to industry and international standards and functions like a physical driver's license that has been upgraded for a digital lifestyle, allowing you to securely assert your identity both in person and online. A mobile-centric profile with your picture, personally identifiable information, license class restrictions, and badges for supplemental data, like veteran status or donor card, makes everything easy to see and understand at a glance, while a validation button allows for real-time authentication. Other government-issue ID types and sources are naturally also supported. Learn how you can participate in making the mobile ID a nationwide reality. It's time to put identity at the core of Connected America by visiting idemia.com. And now, back to the podcast. You know, looking at the examples that you've set forth with uh, with your mobile ID and mobile driver's license, it really was illuminating uh, just for me when when we've been writing about it for Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, just mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the convergence of digital and physical ID that's happening right now just across the world. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, but it's also very fascinating that like we have so far as in North America just relied on a small physical card for so many different interactions. You know, you have pseudonymous age checks with with your mobile driver's license. You can do your taxes, yep. which is an exciting thing too. Um, one of the very interesting <laughs> things with identity. Just real quick, the exciting yeah. thing about the tax return use case is that you know residents who use the mobile ID um, because of the level of vetting and assurance associated with that, it, it helps them get their refund faster. So it's not about you know making the the tax filing experience better. It's about making it more secure, um, reducing the potential for fraud, and getting the citizen their their refund faster. So that is a, a fun thing about that one. But I don't know that we're improving people's perception of tax filing per se. That's fair enough. Yeah. Especially around this time of uh, year when people are starting yeah. to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> right. But you know, you can still get it done. Everybody listening, you can get it done much faster <laughs> uh, with this. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, in addition to that, one of the interesting uh, features of mobile driver's license is that uh, it relies on identity proofing through DMVs. And the question I have here is mm-hmm. why is working with the DMV essential to anchoring trust in mobile IDs? Sure. So a couple thoughts on that. Nidemia, uh, as you know, but your, your podcast listeners might not know, supports about 
Um, 80% of the motor vehicle agencies are more commonly referred to as DMVs in the country. So we issue the state ID system or driver's license or state ID card for about 80% of the, um, the driver's license that are out there in the U.S. today. What's important about this is that um, your driver's license for decades has been more than just something you use to represent your privilege to drive a vehicle. It's, it's really become kind of people's de facto ID. When someone asks you to prove you're Peter or I'm Matt, that I'm over 21 or that I'm the person that needs to be checking into this hotel or, or getting through security, you pull out your, your driver's license to, to prove who you are. Um, the, the, so there's a lot of inherent trust kind of within the, the physical ID that's issued by um, the DMVs today. And, and it's fairly ubiquitous. I mean, I, I, you know, everyone acknowledges, accepts, understands how to read um, and you know, it, it's produced at scale um, in the U.S. Over 200 million people in the U.S. have physical driver's license today. And so a lot of people know and recognize that. Um, what, what's important in the digital context is um, a couple things. One, with, with um, Real ID, there's a common standard now across the country in terms of how people are kind of vetted and verified in person in order to issue a real ID credential. So it's kind of created a, a common high watermark in terms of um, what state DMVs need to do um, in order to, uh, to verify who you are before they give you a, uh, a driver's license that's, a, that's real ID compliant. And um, why that's important is because in a digital context, as a, as a relying party, um, I want to be able to uh, not have to understand, you know, 51 jurisdictions, different identity proofing methods. Um, it's better to know that all of these were done to a common standard. And, and that, you know, the important part is that, you know, these people came in person and went through a vetting process with trained examiners and that um, there's a biometric um, associated with the identity that's, that's captured at the time that the person is at a counter verifying who they are. And that biometric can then be used through a digital channel like we do today with mobile ID to verify back against that system of record, not for authentication, but for identity proofing. And that's a real big change um, that we have in the market today. And, and again, DMVs cover and vet so many identities at scale that um, creating the ability for a citizen to request that their DMV provide an attestation that they've been verified by them and use that to seamlessly prove who they are online uh, or through other digital channels is, is a really powerful capability. It really seems like specifically in, in America, the only way that you can have something this large scale in terms of a civil ID. There are obviously other civil identity programs internationally, but you know, uh, you and I have probably been going to the same conferences year after year. And I remember, you know, as far back as 2013, people saying that, oh, it's not really possible to do a national ID in the United States simply because of the driver's license system. So working with the DMV and bringing it into it does seem like the way to go. Yeah, I'm not proposing um, that a national ID system needs to be created. I, I, I think the states do a good job. Um, I do think there's benefits and efficiencies in a digital context with real ID, kind of creating kind of a national standard for how people are vetted. But as far as the 
ID programs, I think it, you know, it makes a lot of sense in, you know, continuing the model we have today where state agencies, specifically motor vehicle agencies, are the ones that are effectively the identity bureaus because they have this, you know, large footprint in their respective states and the ability to process their citizens for identity transactions. I mean, that's really what you're doing when you go in to, to the DMV is you're going through an identity transaction in person. And, um, and so the, 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 the thing that kind of creates better identity for Americans um, as, as well as businesses and government agencies that need trust identity is, is to digitize that process and, and create ways that citizens can leverage that identity they created with the DMV um, through their mobile device. And that's exactly what we're doing. That makes a, a lot of sense. And, you know, further to that, this particular example that we've been talking about is very much in the North American context, but there is clear potential for this to be used as a travel document. And I'm wondering, Idemia being a global company, do you see the potential of international expansion of your mobile ID technology or perhaps even functionality for Americans abroad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, uh, we've spent years working on an international standard. So um, it's, you know, the, the expectation is that these standards for mobile driver's license and mobile driver's license readers will be able to be used and accepted around the world. And we are working in other countries uh, with their citizen ID programs to digitize those. I mean, effectively, you know, this is just building on the, the natural trend around digital by default everywhere. And, um, and that trend is, is a global trend as well. Um, so we're working across Europe, uh, Asia, and, and other parts of uh, South America as well to help digitize their, their ID systems for citizens. And as that trend sort of evolves, and we have, obviously we have a new network the new 5G network is going to start coming online soon. Yeah. We have smart city tech, automated retail, all of these things where I can very easily see this being used to facilitate identity transactions online and offline. What That's are right. the next steps for Idemia's mobile ID in North America and beyond? Well, the, the, the next steps are um, really proliferating this across the, uh, the states that we support today. So mm -hmm. we're really providing this as a, as a service and capability to the states that we, you know, provide their, their physical driver's license or state ID program for, but expanding this, um, we expect to have 15 to 20 states uh, that are issuing digital credentials to their citizens that, again, are backed by the state government. Um, and recognize broadly where you need to use your ID to prove who you are, much like you do with your physical driver's license today, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but, but really kind of expanding out the number of states that have these programs running to, to enable better digital citizen interactions within their states. And that's central to helping them with their kind of statewide digital transformation programs. But that's kind of the, the, the next, you know, near, you know, a top term two to three year focus is, is just expanding this out. And then in the process of that, we're also focused on expanding out the places, businesses, government agencies where, where people can use their mobile driver's license. Because again, we've got uh, decades worth of 
businesses recognizing and learning how to read the physical driver's license, we now need to start educating those same businesses and government agencies on how to recognize a mobile driver's license. And so that'll take work as well. It's a, it's a unique challenge trying to get people used to a new way of understanding something they're already so incredibly familiar with. It's uh, it's fantastic that you are yeah. uh, and, like being so ambitious about it. And I really, I really do think that this is, this is going to catch on. I, I have no doubt. And, you know, it's also worth noting that while you're doing this, you're also leading and, uh, and developing new standards and uh, along with uh, international right. organizations. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And, and just to add to that, Peter, I think, you know, the, the promising thing from my perspective um, is that businesses, government agencies and, and consumers want and see the need for this. And, and so, you know, it, it hasn't been um, kind of hard convincing people that, um, you know, we have the imminent digitization of IDs. And so every, you know, I, I've seen so many organizations, so many government agencies being so collaborative about making this happen. And there's a lot of momentum around it right now, which is really exciting. So my big prediction for the next 10 years is that we solve identity for good. And, um, and, and that we have and start building back up a lot of the trust in digital commerce that's been eroded because of these massive data breaches and the lack of, you know, uh, efficient and predictable and, and reliable identity services, that this helps move the market forward in a big, big way and that we solve identity in the next 10 years. Because I think the majority of people out there would say it's, it's a big unsolved problem today, but I think we solve it in this next decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I share your enthusiasm about it. And I definitely agree, especially when it comes to the privacy enhancing aspects of having a digital ID, and just the convenient user experience as well. All the pieces are clearly right there. And it's going to be fun seeing it. Proving your age while enjoying a night on the town, opening a bank account from the comfort of your own home, registering a new vehicle remotely, Idemia's mobile ID enables all of these innovations and more. It can even replace your passwords. Mobile IDs incorporate powerful technology that roots them in government-held systems of record while allowing consumers to control when and how their data is shared. Convenient, secure, and more flexible than the traditional physical driver's license card or ID, this new technology empowers consumers to securely assert their identity on their own terms, both in person and online. The Idemia Mobile ID is more than just a concept. Statewide pilot projects and initial rollouts across the U.S. have already shown that consumers are eager for the next wave of converged identity, powered by Idemia and managed by themselves. It's time to participate in making mobile ID an American reality. Learn how at Idemia.com. And now, back to the podcast. Pivoting to a slightly different topic, we'll continue to talk about mobile ID, obviously, but we're recording this shortly after the conclusion of the 17th annual Find Biometrics Year in Review Survey, and the results show a strong enthusiasm for financial services, which have long been the front line for biometrics and mobile ID innovation. Uh, You were actually on the Find Biometrics panel this year at Money 2020. Do you expect the financial vertical to continue to lead the way in terms of bringing strong identity and authentication to end users? Well, 
As far as how they bring it to end users, I, I think it's done not kind of in a way that's really extended outside of their applications. I, I think, uh, you know, financial services and fintechs, you know, recognize that identity is a precursor to access to those services. And, and again, they're regulated. I, I don't, um, I, I think they continue to focus on improving uh, the consumer experience by adding additional signals and verification steps that they can do in a more passive manner um, as those capabilities continue to improve. And, and they do it in a way that continues to, to reduce fraud. But I, I don't see them, you know, extending anything that has positive impact much outside of their market. Now, that said, you know, financial services, which is the really the largest acquirer of identity solutions, you know, because of the, the money that they invest into identity and authentication, that is what really is, is funding a lot of the innovation that's happening by vendors in this space. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, as they continue to improve their stuff, it's only going to continue to fund more innovation in the area by vendors that serve financial institutions and, and fintechs. So I, I see that continuing. And I, 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 yeah, I mean, I was a part of Capital One's team before Idemia and, um, you know, we were super focused, laser focused on consumer experience and, you know, protecting um, consumers' accounts through better identity solutions and experiences. Um, so I think that trend, you know, continues to lead the way for the rest of the industry. It does seem to make a lot of sense, especially looking back on it, that it would, the biometrics and mobile identity revolution would sort of start in FinServe just because there are a lot of low risk transactions that they can test the waters with. But now that everything's sort of uh, the biometrics market and the mobile ID market has really gotten to a, a level of quality where we can really depend on this as a, as a real security tool, an identity tool, do you expect other markets to play a larger role going forward? I, one of the ones that comes to mind immediately is healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah, I knew you were going to say healthcare. Sure. <laughs> you know, again, as healthcare, uh, transportation, um, government, as, as government continues to invest in uh, digital access, um, I think those are the, uh, you know, the primary drivers, you know, going into the future. So, while it's been almost all financial services, I think those other areas start to really pick up in terms of investing in the companies that, um, you know, that they need to procure these solutions from. So I, I think just the digitization of these other industries will help fuel more innovation and identity in the next decade. Again, which is, goes back to my prediction that we, you know, we, we, we do this 10 years from now and we're talking about how we've solved identity and we're moving on to the next thing. And so concludes my conversation with Matt Thompson, Senior Vice President, Civil Identity for North America at Idemia. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit idemia.com. And be sure to visit findbiometrics.com to read our urine review featured coverage, in which our expert editorial team is analyzing the intriguing results of our recently complete year in review survey. I want to thank Matt again for joining me on this episode. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you once again for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.